Thank you again for joining me on the Sutherland Report. What a privilege it is to join you. What an even amazing privilege and joy is when you introduce friends of yours onto your own podcast after you've been on their podcast a number of times and the excitement of that, and then to be able to have an amazing conversation. So I'm going to bring on my dear friend, Adrian Roscoe, from his YouTube channel, which is The Love of Truth. Some of you may have seen it. If you haven't, look it up. He's the man that sat on the tree stump in in a particular undisclosed location. And I'm the man that once had the privilege to sit on that tree stump. Adrian, Adrian, <laughs> welcome. An utter delight to see you, my friend, and catch up with you. How are you? That, that's such a nice welcome. Thank you very much. And I'm doing really well, mate. It's good to see you. It's been an awful long time. Mm, it has been a very long time. And just for the audience, Adrian and I have met, and I'd just like to tell you how we did meet. Because I think the number one thing is over the last few years is that we have all needed encouragement. And with all the scamdemic of pandemic of stupidity and all the things in the events that unfolded, um, a number of people then began to use the the digital medium of making YouTube videos to express opinions. And Adrian began to do that in an incredible way, looking at health. And that is why I've asked Adrian to come on, because we are going to discuss health, and I'm asking him to take it in any direction. I, um, I contacted Adrian, and out of that, we then spoke to each other on the phone, and then eventually, well, in a very short period of time, I then had the privilege to actually meet him personally and spend some time. So if there's anything you remember, in fact, I want you to remember every single thing that Adrian says. And one of the beautiful things is that you can play it back. But if there's one thing that you can remember, one is that we all need to encourage each other. And we all we all need to, you know, have that social interaction and to talk to each other. So I just want to say that. Adrian, as I say, what a delight to to talk to you, see you and I ask you to come on because we need to talk about health. And to me, your viewpoint on health, your attitude to it, I think is dynamite and amazing. So I just want to give you the floor, sir. You planned out a num an four, four different areas, and we're going to talk for ju just under an hour. So I just want to hand it to you, if that's okay. Thank you very much. That's a... Uh... Quite an act to follow that. Thank you, mate. <laughs> I think it's probably useful to start off and, and let people know, number one, that I'm not qualified in any way, shape or form in the traditional sense to talk about health, but I've spent more than two decades digging in to why I got sick, why my family got sick, why my mother died of cancer horribly over 10 years, and why my girlfriend got sick and what we did about that. She developed breast cancer. And so... I've got a really strong inquiring mind and I write stuff down and I explore things and I speak to people and ask loads of questions. So that's something that, you know, anyone in the audience could do if they were so inclined. I think one of the most important things to do, and I'm going to focus really around cancer on this one, um, is that you've got to remember certain things about your body. Number one is that you are in, you were inside a self-repairing unit. You know, it, it grew from the mother's and father's sperm and egg coming together, creating a zygote. And that's when you were created, not when you were born nine months or so later. But that's you. And then you grew from that. You didn't have to think about it. Your mum and dad didn't think about it. You grew from that. And as you've gone through your life, I'm sure, Mark, knowing what you do for a living, you get cuts and scrapes and bruises and bangs and breaks. 
they all repair. Everyone's had a cut. You don't have to sit there and try and think how to repair this. Your body knows what to do, but it only knows what to do provided you can support it and provide the environment and the nutrition it requires in order to repair. You know, if you and I were building a house together, Mark, and I turned up with all the bricks, but we had no cement, it's not going to be a very secure house. If I want to make a chocolate cake and I get all the ingredients by the chocolate, we're going to get a cake, but it's not going to be a chocolate cake. All right. So I think it's important to remember that, that your body can self-repair from anything. And that also implies that you're not really broken ever. Right. Your body knows what to do. Now, I think as far as serious illnesses like cancer go, because they're thought as being very serious, the important thing to remember from the research I've done and the way I've looked into this is that it's your body desperately trying to get your attention to a severe toxicity issue that it's trying to deal with. It wants your attention saying, look, there's a problem here. I need your assistance. Please pay attention and help me fix this because that's when it needs your help. Now, what a lot of people choose to do at that point is because they either doubt themselves or they've been trained to follow the white men in the white coats, the priests of medicine. And I'm going to be a little disparaging because I think that there are, well, I, th I think many in the healthcare industry are very sincere in what they do and try to help, but I actually think they're sincerely wrong because they've been trained incorrectly. And we're going to get to that in a few minutes. So that's number one. The second one then is how you actually get disease in your body. Now, there's an incredible book, which you could hold up again, which is written by some friends of mine, David Parker and Dawn Lester, which is what really makes you ill, why everything you thought about disease is wrong. Absolutely unbelievable book. I was already a long way down the line with a lot of what they said, but they researched this for 10 years and it's, 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 it's a huge book. But basically it comes down to four ways that your body gets into trouble. Number one is toxicity. And that can be a physical toxicity where you've poisoned yourself with the personal care products that you put on your body that contain all sorts of chemicals that have got no business being in your body. It could be the food you're, you're eating, the food that you're given, the water that you drink. The other thing it could be is internal toxicity. You can be beating yourself up the whole time. You could be in a very toxic relationship with somebody. And all those things, all those forms of toxicity, and I include in here electromagnetic frequencies, electromagnetic radiation, because as much as that industry will try and tell you that, well, our evidence says that everything's fine, it's far from fine. It's a serious problem. And there's plenty of research out that to show that whenever, I was speaking to Dawn Lester about this before the woman who wrote the book or co-authored the book, when they were, um, 3G came out, there was a massive spike in all-cause mortality. When 4G came out, there was an even bigger spike in all-cause mortality, and we've seen another bigger spike to do probably with 5G playing some kind of hand in that. So electromagnetic frequency and radiation, it's interesting to note, by the way, that your body requires you to sleep, as we all know, and you produce melatonin when you sleep, which is a very strong antioxidant that repairs a lot of your body while you sleep. For some reason, the frequency that the Wi-Fi routers put out is 2.6 gigs, which is right around the frequency that really hinders your brain producing melatonin while you sleep, so you can't repair which is really unfortunate, which is why it's also useful to turn your Wi-Fi off when you go to sleep, if you can. So number three... Can, there... I, can I just interject here? Um, Arthur Furstenberg, who wrote yep. the book, The Invisible Rainbow... Brilliant book. I, yeah, I've, it's behind me somewhere. Um, and I spoke to Arthur, and I need to interview him. He raises all that in regard to the Earth's magnetic field, how it affects us, um his link his interesting link between the spanish flu the spread of telegraphy then going into the cold war missiles going into europe then going into the hong kong flu um satellites going up and all the rest so totally to back totally to back you up 
Yeah, there's a ton of evidence for them. By the way, if you drive an electric car, you might want to be thinking about the level of EMR and EMF that you're exposed to every day you're driving that. Wow. Because I... you're in a massive magnetic field because of the electric motors. So you've got toxicity. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, which is an interesting way that they're pushing electric cars as well for all sorts of reasons. But you know, that won't be one of them, surely. So you've got toxicity, you've got deficiency. The next one then, sorry, nutritional deficiency is the second one, right? It's, it's really important. You might think you're eating good, nutritious food, but are you really? If it's not locally grown, that's better because it has local information about local toxins in your local environment that the plants are helping you deal with. If you are buying stuff that's man-made, full of all sorts of preservatives, and you've got a list of more than three or four ingredients, I wouldn't touch it anymore because you're putting toxins into your body. And what your body does with toxins, and this is where we'll get to the cancer in a little bit, your body, if you're putting more toxins in than you take out of your body, and that's what I think people refer to as your immune system, I think it's simply a waste product elimination system. If you're taking in more junk than your body can push junk out, then at some point it has to store that and it has to put it wherever it can put it with the least damage to your body, which will be in your joints, it'll be in the fatty tissue. And think about where people get like breast cancer, it's in the fatty tissue in the breast as an example. The next one is stress. Your whole body shuts down when you're stressed. And how many people are stressed? They're stressed at work, they're stressed in their relationships. So that's one of the ways. And the, another way is belief. Now, you've probably all heard of the placebo effect, which is where you, you are given, say, for example, um, a sugar pill instead of the normal drug that you think you've been given and you have exactly the same results from it because it comes down to belief. That also works, by the way, in terms of physical surgery. I was reading a study a while back, which was fascinating to me, that a guy was doing it, I think it was for veterans, and he was doing surgery on the knee. So he'd cut the knee open, he'd clear all the junk out and then stitch it, uh, stitch it all back up. And then the people would have you know, some relief from that, they'd be able to move around. He'd been reading about the placebo effect and he decided to try something. He started doing surgery where he'd cut the wound open, he'd then stitch it back up, he did no surgery. The interesting thing was the recovery rate and the mobility was higher in those people than the ones he'd done the actual surgery on. Isn't that interesting? Wow, wow. The other interesting thing with the placebo effect is that the bigger the placebo, so the bigger the pill, the more effective people assume it to be. If it's an injection, it's even more effective than a pill in their mind. The other side of that is called the nocebo effect. And the nocebo effect is where you get sick because you believe you will. And I'll give you a really, there are unpleasant examples of that, but you can read plenty of case histories on it if you want to go digging for it, where a doctor will say to someone, right, I've got your diagnosis. And by the way, dies too. So two thoughts on that. I've got your diagnosis and you're going to die in six months of cancer. And they dutifully go ahead and die as they've been instructed to by the man in the white coat. An autopsy is done. And all of a sudden, they have nothing in their body relative to what they were supposed to die of. And the doctor then realizes that he'd given the diagnosis to the wrong patient. Wow. That's how wow. powerful thoughts and words and belief mm. are. Mm. Right? Mm. So we've got that now. If we move on to allopathic medicine, I am not a big fan of Western medicine. People may vary on that. That's fine. This is just based on my experience and the failings I've witnessed in that. And again, it's not because people aren't sincere to help people in that, but they've been sincerely wrong because they've been trained incorrectly. And I'm referring primarily to where they, you know, they've only got certain modes of operation. One is to cut, which is surgery. One is to poison, where they give you chemotherapy and pharmaceutical drugs to intervene with something. And the next one is they burn, which is radiation. And they don't really have a good track record. When you look at the survivor rates, for, particularly in cancer for all those, they don't really go beyond four years or five years, as far as I could tell. You do see some, but most of the studies end before that. What's really interesting, Mark, certainly in the chemotherapy side of things, 
If you die while you're taking the chemotherapy, they don't count that as a chemotherapy drug because you didn't complete the course. So it's not counted as chemotherapy death. Isn't that interesting for skewing the numbers? Mm. Mm. Now, the reason that all came about is kind of interesting. If you dig into it, you've got Rockefeller and Carnegie were the two primary ones behind that. They hired a guy called Albert Flex and they went around and did a report on schools that were teaching chemical-based medicine. They went on board, offered them a load of money to have one of their advisors on board. In fact, I put an article about this on my blog the other day. Um, in fact, let me just read you the first bit of that because it's kind of interesting. If I can, Where can people find your blog, Adrian? Alltheloveoftruth.co.uk. It's pretty big now. Um, if you go through it, there's probably about six or 700 pages. There's links to articles. There's references. It's all searchable. This is by G. Edward Griffin, and it says, A World Without Cancer. The takeover of the medical profession was accomplished by the takeover of the medical educational institutes. The people we are talking about here, especially Rockefeller and Carnegie, entered the stage and declared they were going to invest a great deal of money in the educational institutes. They offered a lot of money to the educational institutes that were willing to cooperate with them. They were told, they, they told the institutes, we'll give you all this money. Would it be too much to ask if you put one of our people on your board so we can make sure our money is well spent? And it went on from there. I, uh, I met E.G. Griffin last summer, actually. Mm -hmm. Interesting guy. Very. Yeah, so that, that basically is how that whole industry was captured. Now, it's interesting because a lot of people think, well, it must be good because there's so much of it. No, it was purely money and profit driven, which drove all the other modalities of healing, like homeopathy, which is incredible, natural um, naturopathy. You've got Chinese traditional medicine, which I'm very interested in as well. All those things, are they've got their place and they're good at certain things, but they all got pushed to the background because this big money machine wanted to make profit. Yeah, it didn't want to make people better. You're not a good customer if I, if I make you well because you're no longer a customer. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. So, so, you, so you've got that. So what I'd encourage people to do, if you do get sick, one of the first things you'll notice if you go to the traditional route to see the doctors and all the rest of it, they're going to put the fear of God into you and worse, because in a fearful state, you're very easy to manipulate, which is unfortunate. So I would start asking lots of questions. Get yourself a book. If you go and see with, go, go to see someone, take someone with you that's got a clear head and have them ask questions and write things down as well, because the questions are going to expose what your options are if you go that route. Um, we've got here just one sec. And also pay attention to your feelings. When, when you're asking questions, pay attention to how your body's responding to what you're being told. If you're shying away from stuff, back up. You're not dead yet. You know, it's mm. your body asking for help and it's asking you for help. It's not asking a third party for help. This, this again, is just my approach of how I would go about it. Mm. Now, when you turn your attention to um, tumors in the body, they're a really interesting thing because as I dug into this thing and really started to, to look into it, when Helen got cancer and I decided I can't, I can't lose anyone else around me because it's just not right. So I quit everything and just studied and studied and studied and asked questions and read and devoured stuff. A tumor, it helped me to think of it like it's, it's like a fist surrounding a problem. So it's an encapsulation of something. And if the problem's inside the encapsulation, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense to want to stick a needle in it and free whatever's inside it that your body's gone to all the trouble of capturing, right. which is what a biopsy is. Um, in fact, it's very interesting when they look inside the tumors, some of the research I looked at, every single one had a white nodule inside. And that white nodule, if they bothered to look at it, it was some kind of fungal problem, which is really interesting. Um, mm. That led me to the work of Dr. Tullio Simancini, who's an Italian doctor who was um, an oncologist and decided he couldn't stand basically torturing the children with chemical drugs. And he started to look into other things and he worked out that pH was really, really important, and alkaline pH in particular. We'll come to that in a bit. 
And he found that he could take bicarb of soda and inject it into a woman's breast in the area where the cancer was, the tumor was rather, and the tumors would disappear. He could take someone who'd been written off by the medical industry because they no longer could help him anymore. And he gave them um, a nebulizer with bicarb of soda and magnesium in it, and their lungs would clear up. He could take someone that had their bowel was blocked by a tumor, and he would give them an irrigation, a, a colonic or that kind of thing, or an enema with bicarb of soda in it, and then the blockage would open up, the tumor would subside because the problem's gone away. But it's important to remember that people think things like cancer are the problem. They are not the problem. They are the effect of the problem. And if you don't deal with the cause of the problem, the effect, even if you cut it out, the effect is going to come back and come back because you haven't dealt with the cause. You deal with the cause and it goes away because of the effect is no longer required. That led me on to the work of Dr. Jerry Tennant. And this one was really interesting to me because he was talking about electricity and how the body is powered by electricity. So if you go to hospital, they'll give you an EKG or an EEG to check the electrical levels in various parts of your body, right? So your muscles are like battery packs, according to his research, and you have power lines that run front to back. And by the way, if you, ladies, if you have um, a cesarean section, you actually cut through all the power lines in your body, which causes some things. Your teeth are the circuit breakers. They're like the fuses. So I had this, it must have been three years ago, and I was speaking to a subscriber who said he had cancer. And I was talking to him on the phone, and I said, tell me where the cancer is, and I'll tell you where you've got uh, probably a root canal. And he said, what are you talking about? So just tell me where it is. And I told him which tooth it was looking on a tooth chart. And he went, how do you know that? I said, because that is a broken circuit that's no longer providing electrical current. So what's interesting about electricity is he studied salamanders. If a salamander loses a limb, it can regrow a limb. If it loses up to, I think it's half its brain, it can regrow half its brain. Wow. What happens is when, you, when you're living normally, your body's running at about minus 25 millivolts. That's normal mm. health. If mm. you have some kind of injury you need to get the voltage up to minus 50 millivolts. And your body also trucks in a load of nutrients to the area, which means you get inflammation. So it's bringing more, more resources, more nutrition, removing more of the junk away. It's doing all those things. If you can't get the voltage up or you haven't got the nutrition, you have permanent inflammation. What's really interesting as well is that the tumor needs minus 70 millivolts to heal itself. But what's really fascinating, when people say, well, the tumor's causing all this additional blood flow, it's your body creating the, the additional uh, blood vessels around there to create the blood flow. It's not the tumor doing it. It's not telling your body what to do. Your body is doing it as a natural function, and I think that will become clear in a minute. When you, if you get to minus 15 millivolts, your voltage drops, you get tiredness. If you get to minus 10 millivolts, your body starts to get sick. If you get to minus 5 millivolts, your organs start to stop functioning properly. You get to zero millivolts, you get a, 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 sorry, a polarity inversion. So plus becomes minus, minus becomes plus. Like you get in rechargeable batteries. You can't charge them back up at that point. Between plus five and plus 25 millivolts, I think it was, you get RNA and DNA damage, which are the instruction set that run the systems in your body. And at plus 30, you get cancer. So, and pH is a measure of voltage, but it's also a measure of the amount of oxygen in the cell and available to the cell. So at that level, at a very low oxygen level, cancer develops. Now think about this, your body's trying to repair it, so is it not going to create more blood vessels to try and get more oxygen into the area to repair it? Because hmm. that's what it's doing, it's trying, to, it's trying to heal the problem. So that, right. that's basically what's going on in that area, and I found that particular research fascinating. I've got an enormous mind map I did of it, and I'd encourage people to go and have a look at that because it makes sense of so many things. Now, as far as methods, I'm going to tell you what I would do. Not, right. not what anyone else should do, because I never tell anyone to do. I simply say, look, this is what I found out, and this is why I wrote my book. 
this is what I would do in that position. I'm not telling you what to do at all. The very first thing I would do is I would fast for seven to 10 days and just have water. It's gonna be hellish if you've never fasted before, but fasting is one of the most powerful ways to completely reset your entire body and repair things. You drop into something called autophagy, which is where your body starts to look for all the not functioning properly, dead, dying, decaying cells in your body or parts of your body, because I'm not sure we have cells anyway, that you then absorb them and it recreates fresh cells. So you're basically forcing a recycling of your body. It's incredibly powerful. So that's one thing. Bearing in mind what we said about pH, I would do everything I could to raise my pH. The more alkaline your pH, which is higher than seven, the better you are. I think, now where did I read this, which was really interesting? Let me see if I can find it, because I made some notes earlier. Um, I think it was pH, I can't see it on my notes, but I think it was pH of 7.3 right. was minus, was it minus 15 millivolts or minus 20, whereas 7.45 was minus 25. So the higher you can get the pH, the better. One of the things I do every single day is I have a glass of warm water in the morning with a level teaspoon of bicarb in it, which is very alkaline because I want my system to be alkaline as much as I can. Eating lots of meat, lots of dairy. I wouldn't have any pasteurized dairy if you can avoid it. All those things are very acidic. So I would, if I was in that position, cutting all that out. I'd detox my body as best I could so there'd be no alcohol, no tobacco, no coffee, no tea. Um, I wouldn't eat any processed foods. I wouldn't eat any fast foods. I'd be having all natural organic stuff. I'd be trying to get stuff that was grown locally to me, approaching farmers directly, community gardens like I'm a member of, anything like that to be trying to get local stuff into me. I drink only distilled water because everyone's drinking water is poison. I did a whole series of videos about that. Um, raw vegan would be a really good one to look at if you didn't stick with it, certainly for this period of time because that would be very supportive for you. Juicing, lots and lots of juicing. I'd be getting as much sleep as I could. I'd turn the Wi-Fi off. There are devices you can buy which modify the signals coming off the electrical devices and make them into a more natural signal for your body that help you sleep. I would look into earthing. You and I were talking about that before, walking mm. around barefoot. There's also products you can buy. There's some links on my website that allow you, your body, to be connected to the earth. So we have a sheet on the bed which has got silver fibers woven into it that's connected to the earth pin in the house into the earth. Basically, it's a socket in the wall, but only the earth pin's connected, so that earths you that way. I have something I wear on my wrist when I'm working in front of a computer because I want to be earthed all the time. Um, I would assemble a team around me of people that were supportive of my choice on my journey. I had an enormous problem with my eye last year where I ended up largely blind for about three months. Oh, and dear. I cut people out of my life and my relationship. I said, look, if you're not going to be supportive because you're scared because you think I don't know what I'm doing. This is my choice, not your choice. Mm. Mm. It's nothing mm. to do with you. So if they're like, well, you have to do this, you're being irresponsible. And what the, basically I said, look, you're displaying all the fears and the ignorance you have on the subject of health in your own life. That's fine for you. If you will not give me support and say, all right, fair enough, do what you do and I'll help you as I can, then I can't be around you until I've figured my way through this. And I've got about 80% of my vision back now, so we'll, we'll be on that journey for a while. But I would assemble my team around me of people that supported me, that cared for me. I would get rid of all, and I mean all, relationships that were toxic, be it friends, be it family. Just pull back from them. You have to take responsibility for yourself at this point. You don't have to deal with their bullshit. You have to make sure that you look right. at yourself and you work on yourself. I'd work on my own belief systems. I'd work out, is it possible? Can I find someone else who's recovered from this without going the medical route? Or can I do a combination? Maybe, I, maybe for me, the right way would be to have some surgery. I would never do that. But if someone thinks that's the right for them, if they have that belief and they can support other stuff, 
you do what you have to do, but make your own path, make your own decision. One really important one, by the way, I forgot, is uh, magnesium. We're all depleted in magnesium. It's massively important. It's involved in, I think it's more than 3,000 reactions in your body. As it gets depleted, the outer lying, less critical ones start to break down. So you can get things like hiccups, like I got for hours and hours and hours, which were bloody awful. I was getting cramps in my legs. I had arrhythmia. There was a whole bunch of things that when I got my magnesium levels up just by applying loads of magnesium oil every day, all those health issues died down and a whole lot more. And again, I've made videos about that. Um, and Adrian, sorry, why are we deficient of magnesium? It's not in the food anymore. Right. Same okay. with iodine. You need iodine yeah. too. Massively important. Um, you know, some of the mushroom tinctures, I'm going to be doing some content on that soon. I've had incredible improvements in my, in my mind, really, because it repairs neurons. It, it's incredible stuff. And there's some other products I'm going to be talking about too, because I'm really diving into how do we now maximize, how do we get an 80% jump for a little bit of effort? You know, the Pareto rule, the 80-20 rule. Mm. So mm. there's stuff like that you can look into as well. But certainly for this magnesium, that's massively important, especially if you're having any kind of traditional treatments because they deplete your body from magnesium. A friend of mine had surgery recently and I worked with them to say, look, these are the things that get depleted when you have any kind of injury. You're going to have an injury because they're going to cut you. So if you can build these resources back up in your body for four, five, six months before, you will be in a better place afterwards to repair quickly because, like I said before, you can't make a chocolate cake if you ain't got chocolate, right? You've got to have these raw materials and magnesium is one of the really important ones. And the... the <laughs> Another really good one is the um, Hope and Open O, which is a, it's Hawaiian. And it's basically saying to yourself with feeling, you know, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you over and over and over and over again. Uh, it, it's huge. You. And loving yourself because mm. a lot of this toxicity comes, you know, a lot of women develop breast cancer soon after a very big emotional event that maybe hasn't been dealt with completely or properly or couldn't be at the time. You know, you, you've got to get in and address those things as well. But if, if you'll attack even some of them, you, you will have a remarkable improvement in your health. And as I said, cancer is an effect. It's not a cause. So when they go to war against, you know, cancer, it's never going to work. You can't fight and win. You have to figure out what the cause is and then deal with the cause. And you have to love yourself and work with yourself back to where you want to be. And you can do it. Anybody can do this. And I, I've gone well under time there. How's that? <laughs> No, you're doing. No, you're doing brilliant. Could you hold up your mind map for me, please? Yeah. Yep. This is uh, Adrian's mind map. I'm just gonna. I'll just get. Well, me. Why don't I, I'll, I'll screenshot it for you. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, but why? Just wanted. I wanted you to show that because it just shows because your passion, which I've known about for quite a while, <laughs> is coming over, and it's just how you work and map and map. Yeah all excuse the pun yeah. but you map all of this out yeah well that but was just for our when... conversation mm. yeah no, I've done, it's... and i've done a video by the way on how you mind map and, and how you go about it and that's one of my most popular videos actually no brilliant adrian can you just remind us of your book and where people can view that oh yeah well? it, it's called alternative principles for health which in hindsight is way too much of a mouthful but right, if you go right. to for the love of truth.co.uk there's a link at the top of the page that says my book on health if you click on that, then you can read about the book and you can download it. The interesting thing with the bookmark is that I recognized that my, my and let me tell you a little bit, I didn't write the book to sell. These were just my notes, my ideas, my thoughts as I was trying to unpack all these health problems, particularly the cancer one when my girlfriend got breast cancer. And she's fine now, by the way, after 10 years. Um, 
that I, I was writing these notes and people were saying, what about this? What about that? And I'd come across stuff that was useful and I'd share the notes with people. And then I tried to like do a big mind map, but it became so many big mind maps. It wasn't really able to be printed properly. I've still got those copies because I refer to them. Um, and by the way, that's a small map compared to some of the ones I've done on this journey. I've got right. some that are like 15, 20 foot wide. Um, wow. Because wow. you have to, because you want to see what all the relationships are. Mm. So mm. then I thought maybe I should write a book. And so I wrote the book, but I recognize that this knowledge, it's constantly evolving. And sometimes I have to backtrack a little bit as a new piece comes in. I think, well, that actually affects that now. So what I decided to do was you buy the book once and you buy it with a donation to me. And then I've got your email address. And whenever I make a change, I send you an email that says, right, I've changed this page or this section, or I've added this or, or moved this about. I then also send you a download link so you can download a complete flesh copy of the book. And if you go to the change log in the book, it also shows you what I've changed then, much like you get on software. So it's a living book. It's evolving all the time. So like last year, I must have made about 14 revisions, I think. Just some small things, some big. This year, I've made some other changes that better reflect now the view I've got as I continue to talk to people like Dawn Lester that you mentioned on that book. I had two and a half hours on the phone with her today. So I'm speaking to a lot of other researchers, other people, just to further my knowledge and, you know, understanding of how things work. Mm. Mm. No, um, Adrian is brilliant because it's also, it, it's really, really inspiring, right? Let's, you made a, well, you made loads of interesting uh, points. Mm. One of them is this whole thing of a trauma of ev event and how our body reacts yeah. to that. Yeah. And when you, you refer to that in regard to breast breast cancer. Yeah, it doesn't and, have to be breast cancer. It can be anything. But no, that was one in particular any, because yeah. you store the trauma yeah. in the fat. Yeah. Well, wow. sorry, you, you store the trauma in the part of your body. You store the toxic chemicals in the fat particularly. German New Medicine, I, I interviewed a guy about that. That is phenomenal for dealing with trauma. It's very, very good. German, sorry, German new medicine. Yeah, it, 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 it's around the idea that all illness is caused by an unresolved trauma at some point. Right. So it's, it's worth wow. looking into. Again, I've got, I've got some videos on that. If you go on the website, the, the, the website is by far the best place because in the unlikely event this gets onto YouTube and stays on YouTube, then I've had more than 160 videos that aren't on there anymore. But if you go on the website, they're all on there. They're in the section called Blogs Videos and or block stroke videos you can go in there you can search through them you can look at them there's notes added to them everything but that's where you'll find everything and that's also where i put content that isn't on youtube mm. but th that is i mean that is brilliant it's this whole thing then and and i'm laboring this deliberately and so are you i believe mm. this whole link of trauma and ill and illness yep. um right well you know why i think my eye became a problem and I, i'll probably make some content about that but i might not and it was funny, actually, because at one point when I just couldn't seem to make any progress with it, I thought, maybe I'm a fraud. You know, I'm talking about health and I haven't seen a doctor in 30 years. And that doesn't mean I don't get sick. I do get sick and I get really sick sometimes. But I've worked out what my body needs at that point to deal with it. And I deal with it. But this mm. little sucker wouldn't go away. It wouldn't resolve itself. Right. Until I started to work out, well, you use your eyes for seeing, right? Mm. yeah mm. so what if i'm turning a blind eye to things much like a muscle mm. if you don't use it it shrinks doesn't it maybe i'm losing my sight because i'm turning a blind eye to things i should be paying attention to right now that thought and the process i went down emotionally after that coupled with some very physical things i was doing in order to help started to bring mm. the sight back in quickly wow wow I love when you're talking about and, the Earth. Sorry, sorry. sorry. One, one quick thing as well. I, there's a woman I know called Brandon Bays. I haven't seen her in, in probably 30 years now. 
interestingly, she was the husband, or she was the wife originally of Dr. Bob Bass, who was one of Tony Robbins, the the uh, motivational guy, uh, one of his uh, original business partners. She had um, a tumor the size of a beach ball in a uterus, huge thing. And she developed uh, an emotional release program, which I was one of the first ones on that course decades ago. And before she'd done that, she did this process on herself and she got rid of that tumor over a weekend. Because here's the thing, if you deal with the problem, you work out what the messenger is and you fix that problem, then the messenger's finished and your body will simply reabsorb the tumor because you don't need it anymore. Hmm. Adrian, I mean, you and I have, you know, there are other people that we are very aware of that have been talking about health issues over the last few years. And because of events that have gone on that we won't have to mention, um, for a number of us, we have gone down so many rabbit holes in regard to our at- attitude to health. And I think for a number of us, all, and, I'm, and at times I'm still there, there is so much of our own programming that we're having to deprogram ourselves to then look at things in a different way because the programming on the other side, I'd say evil, has been so, so deep, so much. So we've, but we've had all this battered at us in so many different ways that it has been a real challenge to get to get through it. And that's why, and I'm just going to show the book again, that's why... You know, books like this, the research that... Um, but you know, she's written an- they've written another David book Hill. as well, don't you? Sorry? They've written another couple of books as well about no, the nature of reality. Right, 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 right. And what are they exploring in those books? Uh, how this realm really works, how it functions, how it seems to respond to thought and prayer, all sorts of stuff like that. But you, you're right. I mean, the, the whole conditioning system is really interesting. The further down the line I've gone with this, this is going to sound a bit kooky to some people, I'm sure. I I can't even begin to comprehend how powerful we are as beings that it's necessary to take a little child to start stuffing needles and poisons into them to stop, to try and dumb them down, to stop them developing, that you put them into a schooling system that isn't about education, that's a fraud. It's about creating a good quality workforce. Hmm. that you brainwash them for all this time. And then Hmm. if you want to get the really smart ones, you you migrate them into the further education and degree and PhD system so that you're narrowing and narrowing this thing down so they can no longer see what's going on. And they are programmed. You put a programming device called a television in the corner of every room in some people's houses. I've been in recently. They've got three and four. I'm like, holy shit. You've got all this stuff constantly just bombarding your psyche Hmm. constantly with Hmm. junk and Hmm. rubbish information and distraction so that you can't even think. And then the older people in the society, I don't even like using that word society because it implies something, the older people in, in, in the world with us, they're supposed to be the wise ones that we go to for wisdom, for knowledge, because they have this thing called experience. And yet most of the ones I know are sick, they're decrepit, their minds have gone because they're all being poisoned to death so that they're not old enough to start making some noise like we make noise and go, listen, guys, something's going on, start thinking, start asking questions for yourself. See, I don't care, Mark, what people think of me, but I care passionately that they think for themselves and don't think the thoughts that someone else has placed in their fucking mind. It's their thoughts that should be there, not somebody else's. Hmm. 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 It's interesting, isn't it? Because 
when we say that, it's a bit like I say, I don't ask you to agree with me. I just want you to go away and think mm-hmm. and do the research mm-hmm. and come back so that we can have a discussion that says, wow, I've just found out this knowledge. I didn't realize about this. That's why I referred to Arthur Furstenberg earlier when he has done incredible work, the book, The Invisible Rainbow, when he talks about the Earth's magnetic field and then he's getting in, as I say, the Spanish flu, talking about the the technological technological advances that affect human beings and affect the electromagnetic field that you know electricity within us i find your your comment in regard to the electric cars uh, <laughs> is rather rather interesting i had not i had not thought about that people are then sitting in like this huge electrical battery field and how much that is actually then affecting them. Mm. I was is, talking to. I think there's a study, a study that needs to be done. Oh yeah, I, I was talking to a researcher Caroline Mansfield earlier on. We had a long talk. There's a, a particular product which I'll talk to you about some other time. But basically, it, it's some uh, it's some drops you place under your tongue. That the scientific research that's being conducted right now shows that it can remove um, nanometals, nanoplastics, and graphene oxide from the body. And the researchers found that graphene oxide wasn't just in the people that had had the injections, it was in everybody. So this is able to reduce it massively. So I'm really excited about that. But the reason I was talking to her, one of the things we were talking about was electromagnetic frequencies and radiation, how damaging it is. And she was telling me that she took a meter with her and some of the places nearby her uh, on the telephone towers and near some of like the 5G towers and stuff were producing more radiation leaking out into the street from them than you'd get if you stood in front of a microwave oven. That can't do you any good. No. Um... Same in, by the way, the same in electric cars. If you took a meter in there, I think you'd be appalled. If, if people could actually see and hear a representation of what was going on, they'd be horrified. Hmm. Hmm. And 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 you and I meet this all the time, which is really sad because of again programming. And I'm not I'm not being rude. I'm not having a go at anyone because because it's taken us where you talked about twenty years ago, ten years ago, circumstances. It's taken us a while to then question question everything. And wouldn't it be nice I, to be the one that put your own program in place instead of it being dropped in there without you knowing? Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, you decide. Why, yeah, tell a liar, television, tell a yeah, right, yeah, yeah. tell a liar. Yeah. I mean, it's and the television programming. That's right. Because and channel, you watch a channel and channeling something you do to the dead. Well, I have to say to everyone <laughs> watching so far, Adrian has an incredible ability. It's about the about words. Adrian is so is so on about words and and brings that that up and you're absolutely right because it's then the also the words that we then speak over ourselves i suppose simple things where it says oh i can't do that your words have you, you, you define things with your words mm. you know and words mm. have meaning so you mm. know if i said to you oh he stabbed me in the back that mm. has a big bio- biochemical impact inside my body where if the same event described it as i wish he hadn't have done that it's a yeah. softer it's a softening word isn't it so you, mm. you learn to start to recognize what word patterns do. And I'm very careful now about the words I use to describe things to myself and to others to wow. have a different effect. Wow. No, that. And by the way, in, in, like in legalese, for example, 
words yes. in there have very different meanings. Mm. You know, like when mm. uh, during the whole thing where they wanted to people to cover their face up and starve themselves of oxygen under the pretext of keeping them safe, which it clearly wasn't, and it also doesn't stop any particles, um, which wasn't the cause of the problem anyway. But they said that you must wear a mask. Well, if you go in Black's Law Dictionary, and by the way, there's copies of Black's Law, about five or six editions on my website as well, you can have a look at. Must means may. So it means you may wear a mask. It's an offer to contract. You didn't have to. No one had to do any of that, despite what the bully boys may have told you. And I had it out with them many times. So it's, if you learn what language is, what language does, and learn the different languages. By the way, did you know that the church, there is a dictionary of the ecumenical movement, which has 1,500 pages. It's as big as Black's Law Dictionary. Why does the church require a dictionary of 1,500 words to define the meaning of words, which clearly aren't being used as English, they're being used for some other purpose? Isn't that weird? That is very weird, <laughs> and I'd like to get hold of that book. I can't... Uh, Sweet Generous can't, mentioned uh, it to me on a podcast. I haven't seen a copy of it, but he has one. Wow. Wow. See, that's no, what that. I want people to know is the power of words. They're enormous. Yes. When you're given a diagnosis yep. and told something, be very careful about what that does inside you, lest you suffer from a nocebo effect and get sick for no good reason. I hear you. And we, and of course, three years ago in 2020, round about March, we, we, we saw the power of words when, when people came to a podium on a regular scale, regular well, with, with the pillars beside them. With yeah. the, you know, the fringe on, there, there was all sorts going on, all sorts of measures. They also, I don't know if you noticed, we, we've gone away from the subject of, of the cancer no, no, and no, the no. health, but they also uh, changed the logo of the government, which suggests that it wasn't really a government anymore, it was something else. Why would you have a logo change in the midst of all that? Mm. But I noticed but all worth, sorts of details like that. But it's words, and, it, and quite yeah. rightly, it's details. Yeah. Adrian, I don't know if we've covered this, but what about, uh, well, you've said it a few things, but let's go through cures. What can people, let's just reiterate that. You talked about magnesium, you've talked about well, I'd, I'd be careful iodine. with the word cure, because I think the medical ah, industry's sorry. probably got a patent on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do apologise. It, it, no, no, don't, don't apologise to me, you don't have to. Mm. It, uh, so, I, yeah, in, in, in order of most things, the very first approach I would have for most things, if they were serious, is fasting. Now, I'm not talking about broken bones there because you're going to need certain things. By the way, if you do have a broken bone, if you powder eggshells and put them into your food, into your salads and stuff, that's the raw material your bones need to rebuild. Um, look at the natural stuff. I've got some incredible books with all herbal remedies that you can wander around a forest and pick up the stuff you need to make yourself well again. So fasting was one. Only drinking distilled water because the water is really toxic. If you can't get a distiller, then at least filter it, but not normal like Brita filters. Zero filters, the only one I've found that gets you down to zero parts per million. The rest leave a whole load of junk. I did a whole series of videos on that. Um, I would do a thorough detoxification. So quit the alcohol, quit the sugar especially, quit tobacco, get rid of tea, coffee, sodas, everything, and start living a very simple, natural, raw diet if you can. That'd be even better. I'd avoid anything that's acidic. I would do everything I could to get my system alkaline. So things like the bicarb, the magnesium is a massive one. I apply that every day. And within about a month or so of applying it, my arrhythmia, my shaky hands, my twitchy muscles, the horrible cramps I used to get that wouldn't go away for like half an hour, an hour, all that disappeared. My daughter's heart rate, where she was arresting heart rate, was nearly 100 beats a minute. And she's quite fit and healthy. She'd been in hospital because she'd had problems with her heart. When she started taking magnesium, it was her that put me onto it initially. When she started taking that, it's too itchy for her skin, so she does foot soaks on it. Her resting heart rate came down to 55 beats a minute, only changing magnesium. 
So magnesium was a big one. Um, Wi-Fi, earthing, getting locally grown organic foods. See, because every... Here's the thing, if you can't change all of it, just keep changing little bits. Do a, a progressive approach. Every mouthful you take that's natural, that's local, that doesn't have preservatives and all sorts of crap all over it, is better for you. And your body can then start to detox. And you'll probably find, by the way, when you go through this, you'll go through what's called a Herxheimer reaction, which is your body going, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can now get rid of some of this shit that I've been hanging on to that you've been pumping right. into me. And all this stuff comes out. So I think, you know, when people get sick and they get like a cold and a flu... I don't know if you know, Mark, but contagion has never, ever, ever been proven anywhere. You can't find any documents that show mm. contagion as a thing, which then means you don't catch colds and flu. It might appear you do. But there's, another, there's another mechanism at play. It's simply, if you're taking toxins into your body, they can only get in through your skin, through your lungs, through your gut. They can't go in any other way. Electromagnetiation still goes through your skin and everything. So it can only go out the same way. You're going to get the sweats. You're going to vomit. You're going to get diarrhea. You're going to ache like buggery because all the toxins are in transition. But remember, that's the end of the process when it's being mobilized to remove your system. It's not the beginning. Don't suppress that stuff so your body then has to go into panic mode and try and figure out where it can put the stuff it's moving. Let it run its course. I sound like a preacher. Amazing. <laughs> no, yeah, but no, but well, you are in your passion. You know, preachers. A good preacher speaks speaks well, I'm speaking a from, my heart. So, yeah. from a position of passion, right? And also it's because you want to genuinely help people. And when you – again, you've just made another a brilliant point where it's incrementally doing certain, th doing certain things one step at a time, yeah. step at a oh, time. Fresh air and sunlight, add them in as well. Get out in the fresh air, get out in the sunlight. Your body needs it. Well, sunlight is a huge issue in certain parts of the world. Um, like Wales and Scotland, and, well, you haven't got any. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, absolutely. But it's it's interesting how, you know, that whole thing of sad disease, oh, it's too dark, getting out there. But this whole thing of the mental battle that we that we have on a, on a regular basis and then how we deal with that. But if you're a bit like me, sometimes you go all in. You think, "Oh, I'm going to stop doing that. Stop doing that. I'm going to take this, take that," and you keep you keep that going for a certain period of time, and then it peters out because you are reminding me of certain things that I do know about and I should know about and I should action and I haven't. So, well, one, one of the things I'm going to do, Mark, is I want to start developing some tools that people can use, and I'll be modeling people like Tony Robbins, the example who I've followed his work for a long time decades in fact i met him years ago um that that allow you to make permanent change but it's not difficult to make you can make it quickly and it stays put you know so that you don't kind of because one of the problems is as you've described it you go along and you're all you're excited you think this is it and you move towards it and it kind of fizzles out and slows down and life gets in the way and this happens and that happens if you can install it as a habit then you don't have to think about it anymore it's just something that you have to do because it's a habit and by the way for people trying to break a habit a habit is something you do without knowing you're doing it, like biting your fingernails. The moment you recognize you're doing it, it's no longer a habit. You're making a choice at that point. And so you can choose to stop doing it. And there's some tools you can use for that. But certainly being aware of how the habit process works, people blow it into this thing, which it's not. It's much easier to deal with when you know it's a choice you're making. Brilliant. So again, right, what other, what I loved earlier when you're talking about, um, you know, who we surround ourselves with. When people are speaking negativity into something, because 
Yeah, I mean, especially in the health the health arena, everyone is programmed into going down a particular road. If you turn around and say, no, I'm not going to go down that road, I'm going to go down this road, then you're going to meet a heck of a lot of opposition because they are programmed to view things in a particular way. Well, here's the um, thing, Mark. Go to a hospital, right, just walk into one, and notice how many fit, healthy, vibrant, alive people actually work there. Well, I haven't seen many, and I feel for them because they're in a horrible environment, but a lot of them are overweight. They haven't got a clue about health. They really mean well. They want to help people. But in, do you know that the average doctor I read, and it, it may have changed now, but the average doctor I read in a five-year training course has something like 16 days on food? <laughs> you're made of food. You're made of what you breathe, what you drink, and what you think. They, they also do not have hardly have any days in looking at the history of alternative medicine. They're, in other words, they're not arguing a different viewpoint, but go. No, go. You, you're going to like this. Okay, I've got a question for you. The allopathic medicine, the Western medicine, came into being around about 100 years ago, right? Before that, you had Chinese medicine, still do, traditional Chinese medicine, naturopathy, homeopathy, which has incredible results. And by the way, even the Rockefellers have read, even though they want everyone to consume their poison chemicals, they go to homeopaths and naturopaths and stuff. I think it was homeopaths. So we call it alternative medicine, but the real alternative medicine is the Western medicine because it's been around the least amount of time, and yet somehow it's called now traditional medicine. It's not. It's an inversion. It was the alternative that muscled its way onto the block and muscled the other ones out the way. But yet we've been conditioned. This example of program. We've been programmed to call it alternative. Isn't that interesting? It is. Maybe this is a bad analogy. It's a bit like if you've got solar panels on your roof, you need an inverter to then convert that into the electricity that yeah, you DC can use AC, to yeah. plug, in, plug in your fridge. So you're talking about an inversion. We're talking about a different way of thinking and how that's then been hijacked because I, I, I believe, you know. Well, do you, do you know what served me quite well? Is watch Sorry. what everyone else is doing and then look in exactly the opposite direction because I'll usually find a lot of the answer I'm looking for there. It's not difficult. No, and bless you for saying that because I know you and I know that that is a um, a number of reasons why, you know, I love you to bits and respect you for that because I see it in action because you are an individual that will do that. And, uh, okay, that's been over time. You then have the courage to do that. The, there's that term of like an outlier or we've seen – You've seen the crowd of everyone. There's a wonderful meme where everyone is walking in that direction. And there's one person in the middle just standing there facing the opposite direction, potentially ready to walk in the opposite direction. And you're not you're you are not afraid to do that. This is not this is not psycho babble because no, it I, I goes don't walk my talk, Mark. You know that. That's you do. You do. And I think um that's one of the number of reasons why I, you know, I really respect you for that and why I why I reach why I've reached out to you um, a number of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so magnesium, iodine, sunshine, air. Um, Bicarbonate, loving yourself, right. juicing, surrounding yourself with the right team, forgiving yourself for whatever you think you've done. Um, build yourself a, a map, a massive action plan, as, as I saw Tony Robbins call recently in one of his books. You know, build yourself, not just one, but you can only do that if you're in the right state. If you're in a place where you feel fearful, you can't do this. If you're in a place where you feel loved, where you feel cherished, where you feel hope, where you feel some excitement that you're going to learn something about yourself, that you can make yourself improved, get better, 
The other thing I would do as well is I would write down a, re a bunch of reasons why I want to live and why I want to get better and thrive, because a compelling reason will keep you going. Right, so I, I would do that as well. I'd work hard on that and, and just do as many of the other things. You'll write this massive list. What I'll do, I'll throw this mind map together and send it. You can put it in the show notes if you want for people to download or I'll give them a download link or something. It is just my handwritten stuff, which I put together over the last couple of days. So it's not particularly neat and tidy, but it's relative and relevant to me of the points I wanted to discuss. So I didn't forget anything. And this is only a now fraction that, of the things you could do. That'd be amazing because the other thing is I'm grateful for. And also to say this to everyone is is the effort that adrian has gone in writing this and putting the information together and putting his book together and doing all his podcasts building the website is because again i come back to this you're passionate about that and you you love people you're engaging in people and the people you turn around and go well how can i how can i help you that that's you that's know? prime that's the primary thing that drives me is how can i help which is why why i did all the stuff about you know covid and poking holes in it and asking questions and putting alternative ideas in people's minds because I thought people are going to be frightened to death. And I know this is manipulation. I can see it's NLP. I can see elements of hypnosis in this. I know what's going on. This isn't right. And I basically thought I might be a private man, but I can't sit by and let this go on without yeah. making a noise. Yeah. I have to yeah. make a noise. No, well, uh, absolutely. And a number of people did. Yeah, and you right. were definitely doing that. I'm going to, Adrian, uh, for now, I'm going to bring this conversation to an end we're up to nearly 55 minutes which is amazing um first of all my dear friend thank you for your time and i i want to do this more and thank do you this for again because i love it the the other where could just remind people where they can find you what resources you have and what available to people okay all right so you've got for the love of truth.co.uk for the love of truth.co.uk and on that website, there are all sorts of resources. There's categories down one side, so you can look at that. You can search for specific terms. Um, there's a resources page with links to all the stuff on kind of legal and lawful and all the rest of it and search engines and stuff that aren't, aren't manipulating the view, your view of the world because Google manipulates information to you to influence you. Some of the other ones do less of that. So there's things like that on there. All the blogs, podcasts, 500-odd videos I've made, um, there's links to my book on health. If you want to go to the website on that, and there's other products on there you can look at as well. Uh, and I think I mean, it's one of the things I wasn't even going to talk about, but I will very soon. I think I'm going to start offering a coaching service to people as well, where I can help them instigate changes and view things differently, you know, very quickly and very effectively. So that's something, that's but that's not ready yet, but that will be coming shortly. Brilliant. I don't want to end this, but I am. Well, ending end this. the recording. You and I can keep and talking. I'm going to end the recording, but, um, Adrian, from the bottom of my heart, huge thanks, and we'll sort out show notes. And um, I want to do, I want to do this again, but it's been an utter delight. So, people, please go and look up uh, Adrian for the lover, lovertruth.co.uk. Really, really important uh, that you do amazing resources. So, I'm going to play us out. But thank my you, dear Mark. Friend, I appreciate you. it. No, not at all. Just thank you for joining me. And um, you know, as I say. We all have to encourage each other. I need that as a, on a T-shirt in my shop, which is coming, but I need to do that. Anyway, God bless my friend. Thank you, everyone, for joining me on, uh, on the Sutherland Report. Mm -hmm. And Adrian will come back again, and I'm very thankful for him. Me too. So I will see you all soon. Take care.